Welcome to the Below the Line podcast. My name is David Duggan and I'm one of the members of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organisations as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs and people looking to make their mark in the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well, perform better. What does that mean you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest to discuss a performance-related topic connected to their area of expertise. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of our knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. This week we have a returning guest to the podcast, Ian Kingston of our team here in Below the Line. Ian joined me to talk about the subject of real conversations. Much emphasis is placed in the modern world of work on our ability to be authentic, honest and open in our dealings with everyone that we interact with but particularly those we manage and lead. And yet, it is one of the most common challenges that we face in the workplace and one of the biggest causes of tension and stress in teams and organisations. As a coach, advisor and mentor to a wide variety of business owners, CEOs and managers, Ian plays a vital role in helping people to lead and communicate for maximum impact. And in today's chat, he offers his views on why real conversations matter, how you can have them, and the role that vulnerability plays in this process. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as exclusive online events and sessions including our Press Pause coaching community and our Next Story coaching programme starting in January 2022. Thanks for listening and see you next week. So as a topic, what I hear you asking is... Do leaders find it easier or harder than the rest of us to have conversations that are meaningful and real? And it breaks down into a number of camps. There's, for me, the real leaders are people who are clear, concise in their communication and honest to the degree that we can discuss pretty much anything and they have an ability to not take it personally so I have a simple phrase make everything personal and do your best to take nothing personally I robbed that from the four agreements and Don Miguel in the four agreements talks about not taking things personally I just added to that make everything personal so you bring the best of you to it you you on a personal level do your best to step into someone else's shoes but the challenge then is to not take it personally and i find that that's the biggest obstacle to people having real conversations the biggest obstacle is either party taking it personally it's that simple but that difficult how do you not take it personally Talk about 
behaviors and not the person. Observe um, implication and impact rather than the person. What we generally don't do is take the time to separate the person from the behavior. So as we explain it, the recipient is saying, this is what you think of me. So I use and have used very simple tools to do that. And it could be psychometric tools. It could be simple personality profiling. Um, for the last number of years, we've been using in business, we've been using the pit stop model. And uh, what I just find is that when you give people an opportunity to expose the behaviors and the impact of behavior, almost in the third person, it makes it easier. Why are real conversations so important in a business or a team context? Without real conversations, you risk misalignment. You risk a people operating against our target or goal or aim or ambition. Um, without real conversation, you're leaving things open to interpretation. And I can only interpret through the lens of my experience. So without a real conversation where you give me context and you help me understand the context of where we're going or why we're doing or what is happening, I will interpret it through my lens. And that'll be great if my lens is aligned to the company lens. It won't be so great if mine is at odds with the company lens. And there's every chance that it will be at odds. Can conversations be real all the time? I mean, is there a particular context or situation where they've got to be more real than others? Well, you see, again, we say real conversations exactly as if like other conversations are unreal. I think what I hear when I hear people talk about real conversations is generally they're talking about getting to the truth of it. So all conversations can be real if you just speak your truth and if you're being authentic. You don't have, it, it doesn't mean that you're measuring every conversation to see how truthful it might be. If you're coming from an authentic place and you're coming from a place of honesty, most of your conversations are going to be real. Because you're going, you're going to find yourself in a position where you're saying, I just don't understand that. Or could you explain to me why we're doing this? Or could you help me make sense of what we're doing? Because I just don't get this. Whereas when there isn't an environment of real conversations happening, I experience people on a daily basis having been part of a conversation and then turning around as the conversation disperses and going, what was that about? What am I meant to do here? So just like you nodding, they'll nod and agree on a conversation because they understand the language, whatever the language is, if it's English, if it's French, if it's German, you know, whatever the language we're communicating is, they understand the words. What happens when you don't have real conversations is I don't understand the context or what it means to me or what is expected of me. So I'm nodding in agreement to what's being said. I've no idea what I'm meant to do with it. Real conversations are where the space is safe enough to question that 
question that is what to question that in the context of what's being said to question that in the context of what's been understood to question that in the context of what action has been taken to question that in the context of what responsibility has been taken how is an environment like that in your view or your experience created it's created when the leader is authentic and honest when the leader is vulnerable and by vulnerable i don't mean in a heap i mean vulnerable to being and open to being misunderstood to misunderstanding they're open to correction they're open to correcting so where i see real environments happening is where the leader is honest with their story and by that i mean here's my story of where i've come from here's my story as to why i'm involved in this here's my part in the story as to where i think this is going and now you can align and now through my actions you'll see am i aligning to what i expose in the story but vulnerability and being vulnerable suggests that sometimes you're going to have to put your hand up and say i don't know or i need help or what would you do uh, what's your take on how you how leaders straddle that line well the best leaders i encounter have no difficulty in not knowing the answer the best leaders that i encounter absolutely understand that is their job to give direction very hard to give clear and honest and concise direction if you have to have the answer for everything first or if you feel you have to be in the know so by the time it takes you to get the right answer in place and be definite about where we're going people will have interpreted and gone in different directions anyway or will have lost the will to follow the direction while we're waiting to get there whereas if you don't need to know the answer and you have a sense that this is the direction and this is the best of where we're at and this is the best of our intentions coming together and this is how we're doing it and as we go i like and this is what i hear the best of leaders saying like we're going this way because we've chosen to go this way i don't know if this is going to work i don't know if this is the only way however i what i'm willing to do now is i'm willing to bring our organization in this way because everything that we've checked into leads us to believe that this is the best thing we should be doing the best leaders will say to you but i'm not telling you it's the only thing and it can be our insanity is it's the way we're going and and the best of leaders will you know it's in a sporting context you can see it in a type of play we're going to play a type of formation we're going to make in a business it's like very often it's like this is how we're going to treat our customers this is how we're going to play this is how we're going to treat our people and this is what we're going to do now i can't tell you that this will actually bring us to a place but i know that we're going to and i want to go to a certain place i can't tell you that doing this is actually going to be the right thing and the only thing that'll work is what i hear great leaders say and these times where nobody has experienced this before so the best of leaders are saying we can only pick it as we are picking it so we're not telling this is the right way we're not saying this is the only way we're not saying you know 
that we're going to wait till we've it all sorted out. We can't. And I know as our role as coaches or facilitators is we're often brought in because we have some experience uh, to offer. We like to think in helping people with real conversations. But what's what is the role of of the the coach, the facilitator, the external voice in, in helping that to to happen? Creating an environment where people don't take it personally. Pure and simple. Helping people to stand back and properly assess their behaviors, their impacts, the decisions they're making and create that environment where you can analyze, discuss, challenge in a way that's robust, non-threatening, but actionable. And can you equip a team or give them the tools for them to to do that on their own eventually? Is that where, is that the end game? Absolutely. Uh, well, it's not even that it's an end game. It's, yeah, it's, it's a preference that, it, the, of course, you want a team to be able to do that on their own. Um, as in any relationship, most of the time is not going to be spent with someone hand-holding the relationship. So the role of, of coach facilitator is the check-in point is the the litmus test it's the the oil change test so it's the objective uh, unemotionally attached observer critique challenger that allows the group to expose itself in its natural state. But the team is going to be on its own most of the time. So of course you want, so what you're doing is you're equipping people with the tools to see you're equipping them with a language that's, that gives them a languaging that they use and go, okay, so are we being this? Are we behaving like this? You know, if you look at sport, the top people have coaches and they have coaches all the time. What's what's your take on, on what a, a business or a team should have? I hear you say, look, we want them to be able to get on with it when we're not there. But it sounds to me like having having the coach, having the external voice at critical critical points is probably a good thing for them to have too. It's it all you're doing is you're giving yourself the opportunity to test, to critique. And what you expect of a coach, a facilitator, is someone who's bringing a broader range of experience and an experience from outside of the group that allows that person to hold the group accountable to itself in a way that says, do you realize that this is where you're at or that there are other ways of doing this? Can I bring you something that another team are using? So very interestingly, if you look at the effect of coaching and how important a coach is and how center stage a coach should not be at times. If you look at the NBA in America, in the 50s, um, the average score per game was higher 
than it is now in the noughties. And there's a line of thought that can directly correlate that between people having to take instruction and get on and do it versus today where the coach has become such an integral part of the team that you can stop play right up to the last second. So people aren't playing and using intuition and using initiative. They're playing to absolute instruction. That's when, that to me is when coaching can become overbearing. That's using a sporting analogy. But from a business point of view, you know, the best of coaches are used by the best of leaders as a safe space to hear themselves challenge their thinking, to, have, to provide good counsel where it's important that as the leader is thinking through, is feeling through, is experiencing through their decision making, that they can do it in a place where it's not going to be misinterpreted back into their business. Yeah. It, it's also, I'm thinking of an example of um, some work that we did a couple of years ago, and I wasn't in the room for this, but um, a team in a business had taken a couple of days out to work with us and they spoke about just the, the importance of the connection that they'd gotten as a result of this. And they were in the room with you. And I think the, the, the head person, uh, the CEO or the manager or whatever kind of said something along the lines of after the team had agreed, look, we're going to make some time each week or each month to kind of connect as a team. And they said something along the lines of, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll all clap. We'll all kind of hug each other and clap hands or something like this. And I think you made the comment like, be careful now because you've totally delegitimized all the work of the last day and a half or whatever. So like, <laughs> it seems to me as well, like that's that's an example of a, an external voice being able to call something in a very real way that made the, the leader of the team go, oh gosh, yeah, just I've just been called out there. And it was it was difficult and challenging for them, but I, I think they saw the value of it when they realized that's not what I meant, but that's an example of how what I could have said could have been, could it just landed in completely the wrong and unintentional way. Yeah. And again, from, from a coaching point of view, a leader wants someone that will be honest. So this conversation is about real conversations. It's the honesty of saying, from a coaching point of view, this is what I hear you say as a leader. This is what I understand the impact you want to make is. This is also what I understand how the impact could be perceived or how the impact could be directed. So I'm just going to make you aware of that because I've lived through a different lens than you. So as you test it with me this is what i hear and as one of our colleagues so brilliantly says you can then pose the question would you be open to another perspective would you be open to a different way of looking at this and that's the value of having that safe space that coaching provides so it's not that the coach is there to tell you what you should or shouldn't do 
what a really good coach will do is give you perspective and give you a sense of what the impact could be. And then last question for anyone listening to this, as we are going back into offices or going into some kind of hybrid type of arrangement um, or situation in businesses, um, what's your advice for any anyone in a business, whether, you know, manager, lead or whatever it might be um, about how do they have these, how do they have a real conversation, particularly in a, in a hybrid environment? Yeah, the f- biggest challenge is to make time. That's the biggest challenge. Because in a busy business environment and when for the most part, most businesses are going to be starting with a blended solution up until the middle of 2022 at least. People are going to be looking and saying, like, well, people are here, we got to get this done, we got to get that done. As human beings, we crave being a part of, we crave feeling in on, we crave being consulted on so i'm using those three descriptions to say what we crave as humans in a work environment is to feel valued and worthy nothing can do that better than making time to actually engage with me and sincerely and authentically be interested in where i'm at that's the challenge. That's the challenge for any leader. Simple, but not easy, as you like to say. Fantastic. That was great. Thanks a million. Mm-hmm.